0: and curious over the next year we will be tracking my training plan as i prepare for the paris paralympic games in 2024 and
1: we are hoping to find the links between business and sport as we connect the boat with the boardroom. join us each month as we combine emma's sporting achievements
0: with ruth's leadership expertise to bring you advice motivation and hopefully some laughs to help you become fast and curious Brilliant. Welcome to episode four of Fast and Curious, a journey of self discovery and development to improve your performance in sport, in business, or in life. As you know, if you've tuned in before over the last few episodes, we've chatted about the power of knowing and embracing our purpose, the role of planning in our success, and how managing our own mindsets can unleash our potential and make us happier along the way. Today, we're going to explore challenging conversations. You know, and it's Christmas time and I'm sure that every household listening will have had their moments or will have their moments of, <laughs> uh, of challenging conversations in this festive, festive period. I think for me, sometimes there is a, a, a negative, a negative inference to the thought of a challenging conversation and people kind of are fearful of it. And I think that if we always try to avoid them um, then we won't ever probably reach the the true potential that that we could do. So I think today what we're hopefully going to be able to do is discuss some strategies to help manage these conversations that might be more challenging and to hopefully get the get the best out of them. So Ruth, it's it's great to see you again. How, how have you been since we last spoke, and what have you been up to? Um, I
1: have been very good, thank you, Emma. I've been uh, messing about in Costa Rica with all my mates from university. So um, lovely. I know it was fab. It was a tiny bit David Attenborough sort of, you know, slugging our way through rainforest, but wow. um, actually really, really good. And we just saw some absolutely amazing animals and birds and oh, beautiful. So a real uh, once in a lifetime experience. But yeah, very, very good. Um, just before I uh, come back to you, do you know what, Emma, you just made me think of something when you just said about... The inference around challenging conversations, and you know how they can be hard. One of the things I I haven't really thought about for a while, but I used to always say this with groups was um, if you say I'm going to have a you know difficult conversation or a critical conversation, um, it puts it in your mind that it's going to be difficult. So therefore. Yeah ready for that and I always used to say to groups instead of saying we need to have a difficult conversation or I have to have a difficult conversation why don't you say um there's no such thing as a difficult conversation there's just conversations about difficult things oh yeah that's that's a different spin I like that and it sort of puts you in the I think in the which I'll come on to talk about later on but maybe in the less blamey critical you know yeah. mindset so
0: yeah because but, I'm, I'm, already, I'm already a bit sweaty thinking about talking about challenging conversations let <laughs> alone, alone having one <laughs> don't worry about that don't worry about that.
1: but uh no I've been fine so yeah we've been in Costa Rica um as you know I go on a lot of holidays <laughs> and um that was one where I think I probably thought there'd be a tiny bit more um sunbathing than uh you know being on a biology field trip but um (laughs) the this is a perfect example of lack of communication actually um because as ever my lovely friends who organize these things um just get on with it and then we don't even bother looking at the itinerary and then say oh my god you know we're not going to the beach and they're like no you need to be on a minibus at 7 a.m and go to another (laughs) road, uh and you know that is not their fault so um I think as we move into talking about challenging conversations, um, you know, let's bear in mind that you can't communicate if you don't communicate.
0: Yeah, you, good. You know. I mean, I went I went on biology field trip to Aberystwyth, so a, a, a biology field trip to Costa Rica sounds much,
1: much more exciting. Yeah, exactly. It was absolutely fab, absolutely fab. Anyway, yeah. now I, so I've been doing cocktails, sunshine, looking at sloths, or sloths as I think David Attenborough Americanly called them. Oh. Um, well, yeah. Um, what's
0: your training like? Have you been doing cocktails in the sunshine? <laughs> well in, in Costa del Nottingham um, it's been it's been glorious. Uh, no it hasn't it's been a it's been a horrendous slog. Um, we've just finished the eight-week block uh, mm-hmm. into Christmas so I'm very glad for the festivities that are going to come our way in the next few days we get a few days off over over christmas so that would be lovely um but yeah it's been a, it's been a pretty a pretty brutal block i'd probably give myself like a 7 out of 10 if i right. if i was if i if i was being a bit less critical i probably would stretch to an 8 um given that i have done um my highest tri- training load ever uh, right. and i did that consecutively for 8 weeks um i probably should be slightly more generous and give myself an an 8 but it's been it's been tough and i think it's a really good reminder of the fact that you know, if, when energies are low and the weather's really challenging, you know, we've been flooded twice mm-hmm. at the lake, which presents all sorts of different challenges um, mm-hmm. that can have a real impact on how we communicate with people. And conversations that would normally be be fine, I think, are actually a bit heightened because we're all in this yeah. fatigue state, this emotional state. Um, yeah. and I think I'm just I'm just more aware of of trying to moderate myself before I go into into conversations. Yeah. Um, to hopefully kind of get get more out of them I think so I think yeah it's a it's a difficult difficult few weeks
1: yeah it sounds it it sounds it I mean just in terms of the um where you thought you would be at this stage in the you know in the because you know as you know the whole purpose of us doing this is tracking your progress and seeing what we can learn from that um are you where you wanted to be at this stage so because I know you said, I'll give myself a 7 out of 10. What are you giving yourself it on? You know, are you yeah,
0: talking I
1: think, about your speed or your energy levels? Or what What are you basing that on?
0: I think, and that's where I think I was being a bit harsh. I think if I was giving it, giving myself a score on, have I completed what I've been asked to complete in this block, I would probably give myself a 10, um, yeah. you know, or yeah. a 9. And I, I feel really hard. I don't think I've ever given myself a 10 for anything. But I, I think, you know, we, we need to be really aware of what we're actually how we're reflecting on what we're doing so I have done everything that was asked of me I have worked as hard as I possibly could in this in this block there are just no measures of absolute you know yes this is a success or whatever and I think that's what we tried to do at the start of the block when we when we we spoke in previous episodes about having a plan and our plan for this block was to measure ourselves on on the on the kind of work done and and grade ourselves on whether we've had a great week a good week or an okay week because yeah. my tendency is very much to be well it's either better or it's rubbish and that and be very black and white about it and i think yeah. what i've what i've tried to do in this block is be be a bit more gray and and actually i've had more great weeks than good weeks and i've had more good weeks than okay weeks so yeah. um i think i think we're doing all right i think it's just it is a, it's a big block of work and people are ready for ready for Christmas.
1: Yeah, I bet they are. I bet they are. I don't know how you do it. I mean, but the, you know, the, the thing about the, you're talking about, you know, being a bit less um, critical of yourself in that. And, and, you know, maybe a bit, I would never give myself a turn. You know, one of the things we'll come on to later is in communication is the fact that, you know, when we say things out loud, everything we say and do has an impact on other people. Yeah. and sometimes I just don't think we're very conscious of that and so you know you you're somebody who I think you know from from what I know of you sets yourself very very high standards and, and that's been fab hasn't it because you've been so successful yeah. but you know for other people it might be a bit like oh my gosh you know I can never I can never reach her level you know I can never please her um, yeah. you know and that that can be
0: very very demotivating for people if yeah
1: you're with somebody who's a, who's a pace setting type of leader
0: yeah and I think that's another another really important point there is is actually when things are good if someone if things are going well and it's a good week mm. i think it's really important that we try um and bank that and build some yeah. credit in, in the relationships that we're having so that yeah. when things are a bit more challenging or we're a bit low on energy um we've we've got more common ground we've got more credit in our relationships to be able to have those communications and hopefully come out of them a bit a bit less and you know a bit more unscathed from, yeah. from those interactions. I saw yeah. this great quote that said, um, the biggest problem with communication is that we do not listen to understand, we listen to reply. And I think if I'm honest, Ruth, there's a couple of times in the last eight weeks where I've definitely had conversations where I want to be right and I want to make my point um, <laughs> and I want my point to be heard and to be right. And that never ends well. And I think, yeah. you know, sitting here at the end of it, you look back and you think, yeah, I went into that conversation not actually wanting to to listen to the facts. You know, I had, I had a shoulder niggle about week six and I didn't really want to listen to the facts about why I might have a shoulder lig- niggle. I wanted people to listen to the fact that, you know, I could carry on and I could do this and it would be fine and blah, blah, blah. Um, and I think that quote really kind of, you know, rang yeah. true that, that we've got to listen to to understand, not just to to try and make our points. And, and we'll yeah. come on to that. What sort of experience yeah. have you had of, of challenging yeah. communication? I'm sure... Just on that, you know, before we before we move on, the
1: I think um you you many, many people will know this book. It's a really great little thin book, always good a thin book, um, called Humble Inquiry by Edgar um, Shine. And his one of his major takeaways from that book is, you know, if we're always trying to make the good the response, or you know, you're always thinking, ah, oh, how can I, you know, show you now what I have. Um, you're just not listening and, uh, it is a brilliant book. So, you know, we're, but you know, we all do it, don't we? We're all, we're yeah. all around like
0: fools. Um, <laughs> anyway, what was your question? What did you ask me? So, so I guess, you know, within your, within your field of expertise, you've had loads of experience of, of, um, challenging communications and situations.
1: Mm, I have. Yeah. Let me say a few things about it because I think, um, you know, this is so much at the heart of leadership and the heart of teams and organizational success and blah, 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 everything really uh, without without, communi- you know, quality communication, we can be in trouble. And I think the first thing we have to say is, you know, what do we mean by challenging communication? Um, you know, is it uh, the way a person communicates with us that we find personally challenging um, or is it the situation? Um, that's a challenging one that we're facing, like the one you just said about, you know, the lake being flooded and not being able to have your normal facilities. Um, and I think the truth is it's it's probably both. Um, I think when situation is challenging, it needs more thought and more consideration. And, you know, here I go again, purpose setting. Um, because, you know, and, and maybe more courage and rehearsal to get a a communication right Um, and when a situation emerges quickly that we're in we need the right tools to be able to to pivot and respond appropriately um, without causing too much damage so I think for me the key things to think about are how resilient are we and how much compassion and courage can we um can we show Um, you know, community relationships. I think, and communication in relationships that matter. It's a long game. You know, you're not. You're often working with people for years. You know, or you're in families for absolutely all of your lives. Yeah, it's a long game, and and sometimes you know, in in the work we're, we're working with people we wouldn't necessarily choose. If we're honest, you know, they're, they're yeah. people. Yeah, um, have to work with both internally and also externally with stakeholders whom you have to you know, come into contact with. Um, and so I think, you know, we can wind each other up a lot. Um, and it's very easy for us to become attached to a point of view. And as you were saying earlier, you know, I'm
0: right. So therefore let <laughs> we'll me just tell you again why I'm right. Um it becomes a standoff, doesn't it? It becomes a bit of a well, hang on yeah, a minute. And yeah. then and then the more emotion that comes into that that environment, it just it just escalates. Exactly, exactly. And, you know,
1: you, you think, well, well, you know, I've, I've just got to make my point in a different way and then surely you'll get it at some point. But the thing is, I think, you know, be, be, staying strong and resilient and resourceful in relationships really matters. So thinking about people often use the expression, don't they? Uh, oh, I pick my battles. And I think that's right. You know, I think if you stand back and pause and take a look at what's going on and think, you know, is it worth this? Is it really yeah. worth, me, you know, losing my mind over this issue? Um, so that's one thing about, you know, just just take a moment and, and stand back. The other thing is compassion. I think, you know, if we get into a difficult situation with another person and, you know, they're winding us up and we're winding them up and it's, it's you know, going, going nowhere, often people do things, they behave unusually, Uh, because something's going on for them you know and and what's true is that a lot of the time that's driven by a fear and I think you know a great leader will always try and be mindful of what other people are dealing with and not just think well you know um I I'm you know I'm not interested in that I I want to inquire into what is really happening for that person before I um you know
0: because quite quite often what's being communicated isn't the problem have you seen that video it's not about the nail yeah there's yeah so so there's something else other than what is being communicated that is the underlying exactly and so the the, our genuine you know
1: inquiry into that and real as you said you know listening to understand rather than to reply really matters and I think speaking of fear you know we we have to be aware of what we're fearful of people don't generally wake up in the morning thinking oh I know what let me have some conflict today that would be a laugh (laughs) You know, we don't we don't start the day like that. Um well most of us don't, I think. Um so you know, when a situation starts emerging that's looking a bit tricky, you know, I think we're often fearful of it and think, Oh, you know, I don't know what to do about this. And you know, I think this is possibly where in the modern world we tend to rely a bit on email and texts and WhatsApps and you know, I'll just put it all in a message and then that person you know we tell ourselves all this stuff that's not true like well if I write it all out you know then they'll totally understand where I'm coming from and also (laughs) that will give them time to digest it so then they'll have a chance to think about how they want to respond what we're really doing is avoiding having a conversation yeah (laughs) and and that's the sad thing because often you know what it's like when you know something's difficult and you kind of avoid it a bit and send an email and blah 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 And then eventually you speak to somebody and it's a massive relief because everybody's just normal and talking about it can really solve it. But we tell ourselves, oh, no, you know, I must put it in, you know, and I've got to cover my back. So I've got to put it in writing. It's a dangerous game, this. And I think, you know, particularly in the remote working we're now doing um, so much more than we were. Be careful about this because having a chat with somebody about something that's on our mind or something that we've noticed about them can be really really a massive step forward um I'm always really interested in this um what we used to do when I was at Cambridge which was the um you know the fact that you can there was a study done about what makes a high performing team and uh you know is it like a all- a mixed team, uh, all female team, all male team, harmonious team, conflict team, blah blah blah. All of these things got looked at, and they're looked at constantly. And there was one study they did at, uh, I think, at MIT, and it was the case that the the only thing they could find that drove performance up was the amount a team actually talks to each other. Oh, really? And, and the good thing is, it doesn't matter what you're talking about. You know, you could talk about football if you want. I wouldn't want to talk about that today, uh, but you, <laughs> you could talk about that. You could talk about anything. As long as you're talking, your performance improves. So, so that's really what I think. And um, you know, so yeah, compassion, resilience, uh, just talk and try yeah. to avoid the avoidance. And I mean, you've got, you know, your in your job, your relationships with your coaching team and your teammates. It's very close, isn't it? You know, it's very, very important. Um, so what have you done about handling those challenging com- communications in your team, Emma?
0: Yeah, I think I think it's a really rarefied atmosphere. I think we are obviously individuals in terms of we paddle our boats by ourselves. But, we, you know, we, we, we train together six days a week. So we are in this environment where we need each other. We need to be able to communicate. We need to be able to have a, a thriving environment. And yet it comes to a selection and you're each other's opposition so i think there are some real challenges and i think for me you know i've i've kind of learned along the along the last kind of 10 years that i've been been doing this that there's such power in the relationships that we have and it's so linked to performance
1: you know yeah. having
0: meaningful conversations having um having challenging conversations but but resolving them and coming out with a plan is absolutely vital to success. And I think when people are, 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 are fearful of having them or don't have them, then I'm not sure that they ever reach their, their true potential. Mm. Um, but I think you know, last year was my toughest, my toughest year out of all of them. I think there was a you know, sadly, a breakdown in my relationship with my coach um yeah. that I think had a big a big impact on on both of us and ultimately mm. then on my performances. Now we did. You know, we turned it around for the world champs, um, and we got we got the results. But it, it was a really really challenging year. And I think when I reflect on it and the sadness of it, um, I think it comes down to to the fact that we suddenly became unable to communicate, um, and and that was the kind of root of the the problem. There was this imbalance between, I guess, each of our own personal perceptions. Versus our in the intentions, yeah. So I think, um, you know, without wanting to bore people, but it was, you know, things that I was saying and things that I were doing, um, were being perceived differently to how I was intending them to be, and and that kind of spirals, and I think that makes it very difficult to then fix that solution if you are working together every day under high pressure, um, and like you spoke about, you know, the fear for me was. I've got to perform. I've got to perform in this boat. I don't feel like I'm performing. I don't feel like I can. So there's that that external pressure as well that, that means it's only going to end one way. Yeah. Um, and I think you know there was there was all sorts of things. What, you know when, when it starts to go, you know downward in a spiral, then the emotions you know are heightened. There's you know maybe a lack of understanding or a lack of trust. Um, and I think it's it comes down to all sorts of different things. You know we, we, we were quite different people we are quite different people when you look at like one of those psychometric profiles you know the colored one yeah, yeah so you know he's he's very yellow I'm kind of a bit blue and a bit red um yeah. I think you know there's 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 stuff we can learn from that as well but you know without without wanting to, to kind of dwell on it it was a incredibly challenging year I think for for both of us and you know an intervention was put in using a third person which was quite useful mm. so a, another coach really experienced coach came in and kind of um we 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 had conversations we had uh had to agree that things weren't great that we wanted to agree the kind of behaviors and we had a bit of a, another plan we kept changing the plan and tweaking the plan um and I think that enabled us to to turn it round for the for the world champs and it's yeah. you know that that gives me confidence to think that that the plan can be tweaked and, and amended yeah. um yeah. and you know <sighs> it comes down to how we want to be how we want to act and how we want to be perceived by by other people and and he talks a lot about authentic dissent
1: mm. which was
0: a new concept to me and it and that apparently is a, is an ability to have better more creative um solutions out of the conversations that we're having so it's kind of yeah. like a a framework where you're allowed to disagree yeah. but that that comes with boundaries so so we agreed that we would Um, because we kind of just felt like we were on different pages all the time and I think you know I have to hold my hands up and it was a bit like a scab I was picking at this scab because I wasn't very confident didn't feel like I was performing and just every conversation we had in fact every interaction was challenging even if we just saw each other it was challenging yeah and I was really struggling with that so this idea about having authentic descent and being able to agree that we could disagree with these boundaries of we're here to deliberate we're here to discuss but then we're here to deliver so what are we going to do um I think was a real turning point for 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 me and for us going forward
1: Mm.
0: it sounds like it I mean if you
1: had your time again if that situation arose again what would you do differently do you think
0: next time yeah I think (laughs) I think the things that I started to do when it, when it got a bit better was I became very, very strict on on my personal plan and my personal accountability, yeah. and I've brought that into this year. So, you know, I was feeling like I, I couldn't fix this situation. I couldn't make it better. I didn't understand why it had, had gone wrong,
1: mm-hmm. um,
0: and I needed to kind of take away that emotion. You know, I'm quite an emotional person. Mm-hmm. And so I became very strict about this is how I want to behave. This is what's important to me. And this is how I want people to to see me. So almost like M on a good day. And that's what I tried to, to set myself up every, every morning yeah. um, to kind of be. And I think, you know, being really clever with, if I had questions, because I have endless questions, Ruth, when things aren't going well, I just question everything. Mm. But, but being really clever about how I'm asking those questions, giving people time to think about the questions rather yeah. than, you know, me pinning them on the side of the lake and saying, this isn't right. What are we going to do? You yeah. know, can't, why can't we fix this? This isn't going well. You know, being, being learning to be a bit more patient and saying mm. I've got questions and, and here they are. And can you get back to me? I think was a was a really important step as well. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I think right time, right place. Choosing choosing the uh, emotion that I went into a conversation with, I think yeah. was a was a real help um, yeah. in trying to and, and trying to think. What do I want to sound like? Because a lot of it was coming out as as you know emotional and desperate because that was my world you know we, yeah. we were on it was like this clock ticking maybe the world champs were coming and I was still feeling feeling rubbish so um I mean yeah so I mean, your deadlines are, are real aren't they you can't just say well we won't
1: be doing the world championships then because I'm not quite ready to uh yeah you know, work this stuff that's that's you know a real contrast isn't it to the world of yeah. work Well, although we have a lot of deadlines they're not that, you know they're not so stuck sometimes that you can't delay if things are not going well but
0: yeah I mean it's always... and i think the third party the third party intervention was was i think really really mm-hmm. profitable and mm-hmm. I think sometimes i don't know what your experience is in in the business world but I wonder whether we're a bit fearful of of getting someone else in and I think that was an absolute game changer it was our performance director said look we're going to put this this member of staff in to to work yeah. with you as a collaboration. So it wasn't it wasn't anyone's fault. It wasn't anyone's. This it was yeah. just we're in this situation. How are we going to get the best out of it? And that was with a third party. That was with a third party that was going to to help us function yeah. better. And it was what we needed. A bit like a circuit break, I guess. Yeah, to,
1: yeah that's to, it. Just to cool hope for this. And and I mean, I I obviously I've you know been that third party in a lot of situations with leaders who are in in some sort of difficulty. And um, <clears throat> it's always amazing, isn't it? Really, that when somebody comes in and actually you know facilitates the discussion in a different way. It can lead us down completely different paths. And people's intention usually isn't to sort of damage the other person in any way. It just it just all gets out of control at times. And uh yeah.
0: Yeah. And I think one of the other things that I did some work with a psychologist so I think sometimes the, the, we we talk about challenging communications with other people, but I think mm-hmm. I was having quite a lot of challenging communications with myself. Yeah. Um, and again, that is something that I think I'm prone to at certain points in the year when it when it gets mm-hmm. more stressful. And yeah. the psychologist that I worked with was was brilliant, and and he talked about a strategy where you ask yourself that that thought that I've just had or that statement that I've just made is that an inappropriately high standard. Or is that a harsh self-criticism? Yeah, and and those two questions are really helpful for me to check in before I start having a communication with somebody. Yeah. So if I if lots of my communication was like, "I'm not fast enough," "This isn't right," "I'm not good enough," and then by asking myself, "Well, hang on a minute, is that a harsh self-criticism? Am I expecting yeah. to, you know, I don't know, do leg press in the gym?" Well, clearly not, but 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 you know. That, <laughs> It's, uh, it's asking ourselves, is that an inappropriately high standard or a harsh self-criticism? And that that answer will then frame your emotional state, I guess, and manage that emotional state to give you that clarity to, I guess, moderate you in that interaction that's coming. And I think there's better outcomes um,
1: yeah. when, when, when
0: I do that. I agree. And I think, you know,
1: we, we often talk about, well, I talk a lot about clarity and compassion being the two things that I think defines a great leader and I think that clarity of thought and that um self-awareness that you know I am actually the way I am feeling and thinking and being is having a massive impact on somebody else yeah um and you know then then trying to mold that into some kind of compassionate response is really the key to this um because we're always having an impact on other people. One of my favourite quotes ever, and I, I use it a lot, I don't know if I've maybe even done it in the podcast, I don't know, maybe done it a few times, but whatever, is Annie McKee, uh, who, who once said, you know, when you're a leader, what you think is a whisper is a shout. Wow. It's a beautiful quote, you know, because yeah. leaders go about saying things and, you know, laying plans down and instructions and judgments and thoughts and but everybody's listening you know everybody everybody's um sort of alive to what they want and what they how they feel about how it's going so we've got to be so careful about that and I think that everything you do is a communication you know and it's it's a piece
0: of it so and I think it's a really good reminder that because I was doing a lot of shouting shouting at myself (laughs) shouting at everybody else and I think you know at the end of the day, it's a really good reminder to think, you know, we we all want the same thing out of this. We might all be having different emotions or different feelings about it, but actually yeah, our yeah. purpose, you know, we we talked a about, lot about purpose, didn't we? Our mm. purpose is probably the same. We want, we. I, you know, I want to make him a great coach. I want him to make me a great athlete. So our purpose yeah. is to make this boat go faster. So metaphorically, everyone's got a boat that, that can go faster. So, they have. They yeah. have. Very good. Very
1: good. Anyway, oh. now... Shall I just do three top tips before we finish, Emma?
0: Excellent. I think that leads us nicely on to three, to three top tips. What have you got for us yeah. this time?
1: And I think we've been talking about them quite a lot anyway. But, I mean, you mentioned about intent. You know, often in organisations we have this assume positive intent. You know, that's such a good starting point. You know, don't assume that people are trying to get on your nerves um, because they're not. You know, it's it, it's so much more of a multifaceted thing. So I think for me, point number one, Is In addition to that, and this is a really important question for leaders, is to always ask yourself, what is my intention here? If it's pure, and I think pure is things like, um, you know, uh, to find out what that person really is feeling or thinking, to understand more about the difficulties, da-da-da, it's fine. But often our intention is to, you know, prove we're right, as you mentioned earlier, Uh, to show off, um, to make somebody wrong, you know, and just, just prove how bloody brilliant we are. That's not pure. That's not pure. So I think as a, you know, as a break on ourselves, if you start by saying, what is my intention, that's um, that's that's really important. So that's point one. Point two, I think if you're trying to talk to somebody about what you think is going wrong, if you move Quite uh, consciously away from accusation to more neutral comments. For you know, so for example, if you're so, saying, oh, you never reply to me, you know, you never reply to my emails. For example, you know, yeah, even use the word never is so crazy because of course never, never ever <laughs> in the history of mankind have I reply. Um, but you know, it could be, um, it, it could be so much better to say something like something more neutral like I notice that both of us at times don't reply as quickly as we could now the great thing about that is you're not saying you don't do it but also you're sharing the responsibility because you know there's is even if you think actually I do reply quickly as a rule just say it as if we're both this is something we both should look at because i think yeah. that just takes
0: the heat out of the situation. The so language the language we use i think i i was really guilty in these stressful times of saying you know we should have done that we should have done this yeah you know right. i should be better i should be this and i just was really amazed at the difference when i changed should for could yeah could we could yeah. we look at this could we try this it's a complete you know, complete change in one word that, yeah. that just had a really big impact. So yeah, exactly. I think that's that's a great one. Exactly. And the final one, um, you know, when we're when we're doing this thing,
1: you mentioned right at the start of this episode about listening to understand. When we're listening to understand, um, I think we have to remember that in if you're talking to somebody about something in their world, they make perfect sense. Right? <laughs> They're making sense to themselves. So when you're talking to somebody, even if internally you're thinking, well, that's just not right, you know, and I don't agree with that. You know, just to use the phrase. "Okay, yeah, you make sense. You make sense. I get it. Yeah. Yeah. I understand. I understand. Just those phrases. Be very careful here. Saying you make sense does not mean I agree with you. They are two different things. But. If every time somebody says something, you say, "Ah, well, yeah, but it might, right, let me just tell you what I, you know, straight away you're forcing that person to defend their position, to disagree, and the conversation just isn't moving forward.
0: So and the conflict, that just raises the conflict level, doesn't it?
1: But the great thing is as well, not only are you allowing them to hold their sense, which is absolutely their right, but by doing so, you stand a much, much better chance of them letting you speak when it comes your turn to speak. Yeah, brilliant. And, you know, I'm indebted to my old mucker, Darren, For that. I mean, I'll mate who I mention a lot. He, you know, he taught me this years ago, but it's so important because just saying to somebody, yeah, nah, I get it, I get it, I get it, just allows them to say it. We gain more information about what they're really feeling, but we're not making them wrong yeah and that's really important i think
0: it's that it's that art of deliberation you know like yeah. like we talked about earlier with authentic descent. is it's that art of deliberation to to get a better outcome so i love that so we've got yeah. those three those three top tips what's my intention uh yeah. try and move to try and move away from accusation to kind of more neutral comments in the language that we use and and kind of listening to understand so making making sure that you're you're hearing um yeah. not necessarily agreeing yeah. but you're hearing before you're responding and I think the other one is to is probably my one of my biggest learnings is choosing the time and the place for for these conversations I think was yeah. was absolutely crucial and
1: are, you, are you in a fit state to do it I mean that's the thing yeah. if you're not don't have the conversation is what yeah. I would say.
0: walk yeah. away
1: you know there is you can do so much damage if you're still annoyed yeah as opposed to when you've had a night's sleep you've talked with your partner about it you've had a glass of wine and you think oh come on you know is it worth it yeah Just just slow everything down and choose a considered and compassionate response.
0: Perfect, perfect. Thank you, Ruth. Another, another thank brilliant, you. insightful, insightful chat.
1: Uh, it's so nice to see you, Emma. And
0: you're doing, I know it's well, hot in the you. rain. Well, I
1: know, you are a legend.
0: Well, we, we shall keep pl- plodding on. I hope Christmas, um is not full of challenging conversations. I hope it's full of... There will um, be
1: some. There will be some.
0: (laughs) But thank you all for listening uh, to Fast and Curious. Next time, uh, we will be seeing in the new year with a discussion about how creating opportunities for small wins and celebrating success can fuel our energy and and, and chance of achieving our our goals. We're probably not going to talk about news resolutions. I'm not a fan of those. But (laughs) but definitely, there is an opportunity for for celebrating small wins and, and celebrating successes.
1: Definitely. Definitely. And remember, all of you, if you want to talk to us about coming in and talking to your organisations, we would be delighted to have a chat with you about that. So don't hesitate to get in touch. And feedback, we'd love to know what you think of our podcast. And uh, some of our people are very, very kind with some of their comments. But just let us know. And if there's anything you particularly want us to talk about, we can fit it in. Brilliant. Thanks ever so much. See you next time. Take care. Thanks, everybody. Bye.